Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the TalkSkeepers Podcast. My name is Simon, today I'm joined by Craig. Say hello Craig. Hello. Uh, we're also joined by Billy. Say hello Billy. Hello mate, how are you? I'm very well. I have a question for you boys because uh, the, 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 the audience don't see this, but we have a Screamers chat and there's been a little bit of a debate going on between you guys. And you... Craig and Billy, who I'm joined by today, can't seem to decide whether I'm Aaron Ramsdale is good or not. Craig thinks he's the best thing since sliced uh, sliced bread. I never said that. Billy, <laughs> Billy doesn't doesn't think he's a. He thinks he's a. What, I never said that. TV I've saves. Been, I've just been sticking up for his saves because I'm. A, I was a goalkeeper. Right. Okay. Right. Billy, I'll, I'll come at you first. Right, Billy. Well, why can't you give Aaron Ramsdale any credit? None at all. I will give Aaron Ramsdale credit. He's, he is a very good goalkeeper. However, he does make a lot of average saves. I'll say, I'll say, average saves look like the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> right, but the thing is, every time a save has come up into the chat, every time without fail, you've been like, "Yeah, that's average." That. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a, lot it's, time, a lot of it's just playing up to the character at this point. I've got to be <laughs> You're just looking out for Craig. You're just like, it's just fishing. Just fishing. <laughs> a bit like Gabby had Bonlehor <laughs> on top spot. Yeah. Uh, Craig, how, how do you rate Ramsdale? I mean, he's ha- he, Look, he is having a superb start to the season. I mean, he, he is. is you know, I mean, I do firmly believe that he deserves the number one spot. I, I, I've always thought Leno is a capable keeper. Like yeah. a capable keeper, Premier League level keeper. Mm. But I do think Ramsdale, at the level he's been playing for the first sort of quarter of the season, is a level above what he would provide. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's won use a few points on oh. his own as well, Ramsdale. Without doubt. Without doubt. I mean, when he when when we first signed him, um, you know, or when it broke, when the news broke that we were I was laughing him, about it, mate. Laughing about it. Yeah. You, I was. You know, you know, I hold my hands up. I, I thought it was a stupid move. I thought I was yeah, way yeah. too much money to pay for him. I yeah. thought you could have got him for half the price. Um, and I didn't see a, a huge problem with Leno. I didn't see him as a big step up for Leno. Mm. I didn't. It, it wasn't business that made sense to me. Well, it's all about it's all about a, a young lad's grabbing his chance and and and, and mm-hmm. taking it. And he has taken it. He's you know he's he has been one of our best players. He's broken into the England team. All right, he only played against San Marino, but. He's, you know, he he would have been nowhere near the England team if he, you know, if he wasn't playing for Arsenal. That's a fact. He'd have been, and I think he deserves he deserved yeah. a call up to the England team um, after all the saves. Now, going back to the debate about his saves being average, Billy is right in Billy is right in some degree that sometimes he does make um, he does make 
some saves look a bit it's harder. It's a very agile keeper. He's a very agile keeper. So he, has he is very jump, agile. He has, he's, he's jumping for the ball quite a lot. Like. Goalkeeping has changed a lot. In you know, I mean, it, it, let's say goalkeeping has changed a lot from the start of the Premier League. Let's say, let's just mm. you know, just with, so we can give it a year, mm. give it give it a year. But like goalkeeping, when I was a goalkeeper, goalkeeping was all about you know shot stopping and being commanding and 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 coming for crosses and you know blowing people out of it and stuff like that. But goalkeeping has changed now. Goalkeeping has has had to evolve with the strikers. The strikers are a lot more clever. Not just strikers, you know, free kick takers, penalty takers. There, you know. It's evolved since you know we we've started watching football. The average he does look he does he does go over the top a bit, but I haven't seen him make an average save yet. I he does his job and he does his job very well. I don't understand why he gets so much grief for pulling off saves. I mean that that that, that free kick save against James Madison against Leicester was a world class save. I thought that. That was, that was the first one I can remember Billy saying, average. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you've got Peter Schmeichel tweeting out, my God, that's one of the best saves I've ever seen. How yeah. can anyone else come along and say, ah, oh, well, well. You've got to trust the man. Yeah. For, for me, in, the man. In, that as, in that aspect with goalkeepers and things like that, goalkeepers stick up for other goalkeepers more than referees goalkeepers stick up pop. for referees. And goalkeepers you know, you, you know what Peter Walton and Dermot Gallagher are like on BT and Sky? goalkeepers are just as bad as referees, which is why, for me personally, if you've got Ben Foster, Peter Schmeichel, I'm saying Ben Foster because he's all over social media. And he's that a now. very popular man at the minute. Exactly. He's saying Ramsdale's a fantastic, fantastic <laughs> goalkeeper and whatever. He is a very good goalkeeper. However, goalkeepers naturally stick up for the goalkeepers because they probably don't get as much praise as they deserve. However, Saying things like that, like Peter Schmeichel said it was a world-class save. Yes, it was a very good save. How no, no, no. Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel said it was one of the best saves he's ever seen. I, I disagree with him. Simple <laughs> as that. I disagree with him. It was, it was, in the, it was closer to the centre of the goal than it was the corner, said, which, is why the, which is why the save <laughs> against Shelby was also... It was a very good save, don't get me wrong. I'll tell However, you why. I'll tell I you think, why. That, I think that, the Shelby shot... There, Beats a lot of keepers. I, I think tell you why the Shelby. I tell you why the Shelby save was so good. If you watch it in slow motion, keep your eye on Aaron Ramsdale. All his weights on his right side, and he can't see because Thomas Partey's in the way. He sees that ball late, and he shifts his weight from the right. He shifts his he shifts his weight from the right hand side to the left hand side in a matter of seconds. Now let me but tell if, you why. If I, Premier League goalkeepers aren't doing that. But not all Premier League. Does Martinez save that shot? Yes, he does, Not, absolutely. From the same standard position. Yes, he does, absolutely. Not all goalkeepers are as good as each other. That if all if, if they were all good as each other, if they were all robots and they all had the same statistics, then yes, every goalkeeper would save it. Every goalkeeper would save it. But, but I think no, the more the I, reason I'm was in goal, up, that's going in. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. However, I think that, that save against Shelby, like I said, it, it was a very good save. There's no denying that. However, I think it's been over overrated, for lack of a better term, in, mm. in my personal think, opinion. Okay, in your personal I think, opinion. I respect your I opinion. Save, I think, for me personally, the save that... David, <laughs> 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 for me personally, the save that David De Gea made from Rudiger's shot was a much better save. Oh, Billy! Oh. My personal opinion... 
I think he's David, got... David De Gea didn't even know that hit him on the hand. <laughs> he didn't even know that hit him on the hand. Can we move on? Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, quickly, I'll just going to ask both of you. So, okay, go ask you first. Who is the better goalkeeper, Adam Ramsdale or Emmy Martinez? Come on, Craig. Um, Seems some sense. <laughs> I don't think there's. I, I, don't, I don't think there's one better than the other. I, I think they're both great not goalkeepers. Not a line up between it. Not a lot between. No, that. there's not a lot in between. I think they that. have different qualities. I think Emma Martinez yeah. is, is a, a better mean, one on ones. ones. I think he's I'd a better shot stopper, better sort of like. But I think distribution I'd, and agility sort of like yeah. those TV saves that yeah, you're I not going to really. I don't see. I don't think you see the sort of TV saves from Emma Martinez. He's much more of a commanding yeah. sort of old. I see him mm. as a more old school type of. Keeper. Yeah, I, no I completely agree with that, actually. I think the, yeah. the way that Emi Martinez is able to catch a ball is mm. quite incredible. Mm. I think He's a big you, man. He's a big you skinny man. He could have counted on one hand last season the amount of times he punched the ball, which just, just shows alone how how much of... I, I suppose uh, catching a football for a goalkeeper is a bit of a dying art, in my opinion. And Emi Martinez has brought that back to football. Hmm. Yeah, this oh. continental thing of punching it out, and yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, Ramsdale does a lot of punching, but that could be because you know because of his size. You know, mm. he's yeah. not a tall is a big, You know, not, Martinez is a big boy. What's he six mm. foot six foot three? I think. I was gutted when um, I, I was gutted when Martinez left Arsenal because he, he's been I thought he played lot, himself and, into number one. I yeah, thought he would have. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you know, if, if we're going to have it right, he probably won us the FA Cup. Mm. You know, he, he, he was that good um, in that FA Cup run, and I was gutted not only because he left, and I was I was gutted that um, Mikel Arteta, you know, didn't give him his chance because he's been at mm. Arsenal for God, it was ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's even longer than that, I think. Mm. Um, you know, and he, he waited for his chance, and he grabbed it with both hands, and it must have been very demoralising for him to to be at the club for so long, and and then all of a sudden have it all snatched away from him in an instant. You know. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was gutted when he left. Aston Villa have got a great, great goalkeeper in Martinez. Mm. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's no good because he's just absolute total gump. He's a great goalkeeper. Um, and he's been very good for Aston Villa, I think. And I think yeah. he's, you know, he's he's probably won Aston Villa a few points as well. But Without doubt. I suppose when you look at, yeah, you know, a lot of people know that I'm a goalkeeper and I suppose I get I get a little bit, I wouldn't say upset, but a little bit annoyed when people say things about, not just Aaron Ramsdale, to be honest, I get a little bit annoyed when I see people calling a great save an average save because I know how much I, I it's know. Not how, easy, I, is it? It's not it's easy. Not, it's the worst position on the pitch. <laughs> well, it's it's really, I, really, I still rate it as, as obviously it's extremely. And I think in today's game, it's like really, really. And I think that's probably why Emi Martinez departed Arsenal is because maybe Michael Arteta didn't really see him as that. Yeah, keeper yeah, yeah. with the ball at his feet, whereas Aaron mm-hmm. Ramsdale is very comfortable yeah, with the ball. He's absolutely. very comfortable passing now. He's distributing that, very, very that, good. That's one thing that you certainly can't criticise about Aaron Ramsdale is distribution with the ball. You see, yeah. the one against Leicester rings to uh, stays in my mind when mm. it was what like that far off the floor. <laughs> and he yeah. just drilled it into midfield, and it was just an incredible, an incredible pass. Mm. And it's I mean, things I, like that that Emmy Martinez can't do. I want to say yet. Most keepers can't do that. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, most he's going to make mistakes. Ramsdale's going to make mistakes. 
And, yeah. you know, he's going to make horrendous mistakes. But all, geek, all goalkeepers make horrendous yeah, mistakes. Addison, Ed, yeah, like Edelson's going to make that. Allison's yeah, going to make mistakes. No goalkeeper's going to go through the season without making a horrendous mistake. Not he's going to make a horrendous You know what I mean? Like, know, so. they, they spend too much time in the ball today, in, in today's game not to not to make mistakes. But we need to move on from goalkeepers. Yep. Boys, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that because it's good to have uh, different opinions on here and... and uh, and have them out <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, I want you to stay with you, Craig, because we're going to talk about Arsenal Newcastle. Um, a, a solid win for 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 McAllister mm. as Arsenal. Um, a few changes, um, although one one sort of highlight for me this game was all right. Aubameyang this has had the worst game ever, but I think he could have done a lot better in this game. I think he really could have used this as a bounce game to really get a couple of goals, getting a wee bit of form. And start mm. pushing on and having a, a positive season because right now he's, I mean, he's struggling's not the word I want to use, but he is definitely not that 25 30 goals Obama Yang that mm. I think people mm. are expecting him to be. Before I, you know, before I go off on Obama Yang, you have to say that he's not really, there's not much service coming into him either, um, mm. at the moment. That, that, not the that's service a, that he likes as well. He's not really got that coming off the left and on his right that sort of yeah. trademark he doesn't mm. get the opportunity to do that as much these days because mm. out in that side there's Smith Rowe taking up a lot of space exactly you know exactly I mean Odegaard came I think you know Odegaard came in there at the weekend to you know give us a bit more creativity I thought he'd done alright I didn't think he had a massively great game um but you, I think with the thing with Odegaard is he's going to need more game time, and he's going to need, you know, he's going to need to settle in there more. People might think I'm a bit mad, you know, he's been here for God knows how long. But sometimes it takes different players different amounts of time to settle in. Yeah, um, I mean, you're not playing every week. It's it's definitely exactly exactly. Aubameyang, you know, missed an absolute sitter. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no chance doubt to kill about the game that. As well. yeah. Pardon? Chance to kill the game. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't, you know. I think I said last week, didn't I, that I thought that he was he, he was gone off the boil. Um, that I don't want him as captain. I, I don't see him as a leader. Um, and and after Mik- you know, Mikhail Arteta has got a big decision to make now um, on Thursday because you know we go up to Old Trafford to play Manchester United, um, who are going to be on a manager bounce. I don't think that the manager's going to be there um, on Thursday because he's having work permit issues, but still. He's still going to get their instructions. The players are still going to know that they're going to need to impress. So, you know, it's a big, big decision to make. Does he does he play a Bamiyang or does he like? If I'm Mikel Arteta now, I'm watching the way a Bamiyang played against Newcastle, and then I'm watching the way Martinelli played when he came on for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely outstanding. The kid doesn't know when to stop running. He scored a worldy a worldy goal. Um, he. he for me, he is the type of player that we need um, up the top, you know, running in channels. And so Aubameyang, for me, Aubameyang doesn't do enough of the, he doesn't do enough of the, the dirty work. The hard yards. Yeah, the hard yards. Down, you know, yeah, he, he wants it. Yeah, he wants it. He wants it in the lane onto his boot. You know, he doesn't want to have to, you know, run to get it onto the boot. I think he'll still go with Aubameyang and, and bring Martinelli off the bench's impact, but... If I was Mikel Arteta, he's got to do something about up front because at the moment that's that, that, at the moment that's what's costing us. Mm. I think he might have looked at the defence and he's and he and he's looked at it too much and he's still looking at it too much to to be kind of blind to see that he's not scoring enough goals and that he's actually got to sort that side of the game out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
there's young Balogun there in the under 23s, keeps banging in goals. Um, I'm not sure what's happened to Eddie, uh, Eddie and yeah, whether he's gone out or not. That's how far. I mean, I don't know, is he still is there? It, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, not I'm only watching way, match days now. Um, so, a big, big decisions for him to make. But at the moment, a Bamiyang for me. Um, I don't know, would I drop him? I don't know. You see, the thing about it is, lads, is like. He can change. He could change. He can change a game in an instant. He could play a minute for me. Yeah. He could just let, let yeah. him go through this dry spell, and then he, he, t- he could tip up and score ten games in a row. He really exactly. has that that quality exactly. kind of player. And uh, you've just mentioned how uh, Arteta's really focused on the defence this season. And I'm looking at the stats to my left hand side here of the the Arsenal Newcastle game, and I see how well the defence played. Tommy Yasu in particular played a very very good game. I think his best game in an Arsenal shirt probably mm. this Newcastle game. The assist for um, that Martinelli goal yeah, was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, the midfield very strong as well. I did like the look of that party Laconga and Odegaard midfield. I think that's probably the future considering Lacazette's age. Mm. I think that probably is going to be the future of Arsenal. The Laconga party and um, Odegaard. Um, just before I come on and get Billy's up, um, opinions on Newcastle, Craig, I wanted to ask you, just see if he drops Aubameyang and goes to Martinelli, Martinelli's not got the best injury history, has he? In terms True. of playing a few games of the bounce. Mm. And then I think that Arteta might worry that if he just decides that Martinelli, you're going to be the man, I'm going to start you three, four games in a row and we're going to see how you get on. I think if he loses him to injury and then you've got an unfit, longer, sharp Aubameyang, yeah, could I get problems. what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but you can't treat him with kid gloves. You're either gonna, you know, you're either gonna play him or you're not. If he gets nah, injured, he gets injured. I think what, so. What, you know, what will be will be. Um, mm-hmm. But the, you know, I don't think that I don't think that's what's stopping our tower. Um, I wish I could tell you what's stopping our tower from playing him. To be honest, because he was a revelation when he came on, and it was um, he, he really, really, really is going to be a fantastic player. Whether whether he stays at Arsenal or whether he moves on, you know, when he gets older. But you know, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka. Ben White, um, Tavares again on the left. Oh, immense. Excellent. Absolutely immense again. Um, Kieran got to do a lot of work to uh, get him out of the team. And Aaron Ramsdale in goal. You know, there's a there's a nice spine and a nice young core there. So, yeah, look. But we'll go to Old Trafford Thursday and we'll probably get beat because they've got some voodoo over us at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that's like. Um, Billy, going to come at you. Um, Eddie Howes, Newcastle. Um, well, I don't really necessarily think that the, the front line or the midfield is a problem at Newcastle. I just think that back four, that back, even if they put it as a back five, I just think it's just way off the bat. I think it's the worst in the league. I yeah. Your opinion. It, that, it's, it is quite clearly the defence that's the problem for Newcastle um, I heard a stat while listening to Talk Sport on one of my walks um, that before this game Newcastle had actually scored more goals than Arsenal um, it's now level but that just shows one how good Arsenal's defence has been this season and two how poor Newcastle's defence has been this season mm-hmm. Um they just can't seem to keep the ball out the back of the net and not to sound like Michael Owen but if you can't keep the ball out the back of the net you're not going to win. <laughs> you're not going to win football matches, and they haven't won football matches. And you know, you look at that game coming up on. I think it's tomorrow night. I, I'm not sure, but they play Norwich in midweek. Norwich have won. Uh, sorry, they haven't won. They've won two on the bounce before the weekend. Uh, they haven't lost, should I say, in three games now. Norwich. I, I think Norwich will go there and could comfortably win that game. In my Six opinion. Point, huh? Oh, for Six sure, yeah, for sure. Got to beat the teams about you. 
Yeah, and I think Norwich really could go there and make that gap even wider, which is mm-hmm. very scary for Newcastle. Because if January comes round, they people are going to be asking ridiculous money, especially in January, especially with the amount of money that everyone knows Newcastle have got now. They're going to be asking for ridiculous sums of money for players. And if those players that they bring in don't fit in or it takes them a while to bed in for whatever reason, then they're looking at relegation and they need the it's, ready it's made really thing. not looking good. They them. need the ready, yeah. take out of the packet, centre-back, bosh, you're on the pitch, you're a Premier League level defender. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they need. And I, like, I, I can see some teams, you know, bending them over a barrel and, and taking more than the, the, the centre-backs and the full-backs. Yeah, the thing is, that, that's really should, not going to come cheap. You know, it's, it's not going to come cheap. It, and, and you know, if any side should do that. They absolutely should. Mm. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see who they actually get in. Um because otherwise they they are hundred percent good down. I bet my house on it. Like if they don't buy mm. any sort of defensive reinforcements in January, there is no way that a, that a new manager can just turn. I mean, Steve Bruce as a defensive minded coach, and if he can't get these this team keeping goals out, then yeah. you know Eddie Howe, I think is as good as a coach as I don't think he's going to change that too much. Um, but it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, big six point against Norwich this this. Um, this week coming, so we'll, we'll see what goes on with him. I'm just, I just want to see who they buy in January. I mean, it's going to be like ridiculous, like they've bought like oh, no, yeah. Ryan Bertrand <laughs> for fifty but million who, or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> who's going to want to go to Newcastle? Who, who? I mean, yeah, all right, they've got all the money and they've got, you know, they've got loads of money and there'll be there'll be a few who, defenders out there, like 27, 28 year olds that would happily take on a big contract. If Newcastle come knocking, they say right, five year deal, hundred and fifty grand a week. You know. I set like I, I set a back that's maybe on the edge of his team. He signed that hundred percent. He signs that. But it, yeah, it's, but then, it's but the lack of those twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old Premier League proven, ready-out-the-packet defenders that are going to go there. That I mean, are already playing Premier League football. You know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. That's prime. Mm. That's prime years. I've I've heard rumours that Eddie Howe wants Tyrone Mings. I mean, he's he's a captain. How much, at how much do you value Tyrone Mings at? I'd probably value him at about thirty five million pounds in a normal market. You know, we bought we bought him for thirty million. Well, about twenty five really. Oh, so you want you want to sell him for way more than that? Surely, yeah, forty five fifty. Yeah, but. We all know that he's got a mistake in him. Although he's massively improved under Steven Gerrard, he's played fantastic these past couple of games. But we know that Tyrone Mings has got a uh, mistake in him every now and then. But if Newcastle come knocking, that doubles easily. Nathan Ashley from Man City is one that I would I'd be looking at right away. He's playing no football. He's playing no football for Man City. He's played for Mm -hmm. Eddie Howe before. He was Eddie Howe's star man at Bournemouth. Um, a large part of Bournemouth going down was the injury to, to the long term injury to Nathan Ake. Um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's one I could see going there. I mean, he's already on a big contract. Excited, he might be. He might mm-hmm. be. You know, let, let's let's see who else we can think of. Phil Jones, maybe maybe we see the return of Phil Jones. Chris <laughs> Smalling. Um, Chris Smalling. Get the band back together. <laughs> Rob Holden. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Rob, Rob Holden. Holden. Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, um, yeah. But are they are, are they better than any? You know, are they better than what they've got at the moment? Lascelles and Fabian Scar, I think so. I mean, like, even though I'm not, Callum Chambers maybe not for me. Well. 
maybe not, but like I would say Rob Holden's probably I think yeah, Paul, Rob Holden's a better defender than than Lascelles or, or Fabian Scar. Maybe not a Lascelles from about two or three years ago. Mm. Um or even a Fabian Scar. I mean, I don't know how old Fabian Scar is, but yeah, I think I, I still rate him. Well, it's Rob Rob Holden's got to be worth eighty million, hasn't he? I mean, eighty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eighty-five. Yeah. Eighty-five. Then make him captain. Nat Phillips, am I? What? Nat Phillips. Nat Phillips. Oh, that'd be a big one. Then give him the cap, the captain's armband. <laughs> give him the captain's and, and some that leads Newcastle either to the first title. He does that sort of Vincent Company thing when he gets in early. He's yeah. there for the he's there for the all the good times, you know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, boys? Um, we move on. It's certainly going to be interesting. We move on. We move on to your beloved fella. Uh, and you were good again, Billy. You were good again. We were, particularly in the first half. Um, Patrick, very, very disappointed um, not to come away with the with the result this game. Um, he had the bulk of the possession. Um, he did have shots, but he was out. He was out um, outplayed by the, the Aston Villa side that were tackling. More than a pa- no, more than a, a this Crystal Palace side that, that favours tackling uh, actually fell out tackled them in this match as well. Mm. Um, how you, how is life under Gerard? How are you enjoying it? Good at the magic teaches that you have won two in the bounce. <laughs> it's fantastic. Two two wins on the bounce mean two pods on the bounce as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait till it all goes pear shaped and I don't see you for four months. <laughs> oh God, let's hope not. <laughs> but no, life under Steven Gerrard is very very good at the minute. Um, it's going to be a massive ask to get anything from City. You know, I met, um, I mentioned it last week, the the three at the top, Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool, you just expect to lose against those unless they're playing each other. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but this game in particular um, against Crystal Palace, the first half we were absolutely fantastic. I thought we were unlucky not to get a penalty for the uh, first one on Ollie Watkins when Milivojevic, I think it was, just dangled his leg out. But referees, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we were unfortunate not to go into the break at least 2-0 up. And then after the break, Crystal Palace really came out and started to play their football. We had to dig deep at times. You know, when they're bringing on the likes of Eze, yes, it was his first appearance in a very long time, but you don't lose the technical... Exactly, you don't lose that technical ability to create something out of nothing overnight. And um, yeah, it was very nervy at times. However, we managed to dig deep, get that second goal. Unfortunately, couldn't keep on for the uh, clean sheet. However, fortunately, it didn't matter in the end. So, yeah, yeah right overall, very happy. Yeah, um, lost the clean, clean sheet right to yeah. death. Um, Matty Target just keeps proving you wrong. You keep saying he's not good enough. He keeps he scoring an assist. <laughs> well, I, we always knew that there was a player in there, especially from last season. I'm just very glad that he's finally unlocked himself again. Um, his first goal in over two years. And another fantastic performance. So long may that continue. <laughs> yeah, uh, Craig. So we look over at this Crystal Palace side, mm. and uh, they they'll be a bit of a, the noisy neighbours of London for years next to the next to the other ones. Um, I'm looking at this Palace side, and I see a player, Conor Gallagher, yeah, who is absolutely superb. Young English loves to be based in London. Can you see a? Can you possibly see a sweep there? Uh, probably, side? probably not. Um, because you know, any any young player that I want at Arsenal never turns up. So um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, I can't. I, I, I'm sure someone will. I, I'm sure someone will sweep him for him. Um, if I was Crystal I Palace, I'd, I'd be. I would be signing him for the price. Oh, absolutely. You're trying, you're trying to get him down, but I think that's why Villa done so well because they kept him and um, they kept him and Zaha quiet. And if you can keep yeah. them two quiet, you have a chance of winning um, against them. I was reading a newspaper report today saying that people thought that was um, their worst performance under Patrick Vieira. Um, Which is a bit of a compliment in itself, considering they weren't actually yeah. that bad in this game. Yeah, I don't think they were that bad. And when I was reading it, I was thinking, really? You know, I mean, Martinez has pulled off a couple of good saves. Um, their goalkeeper has, has pulled off, you know, Villa could have won by more, you know. Mm. It was a bit... It was a bit like the... It was a bit like the Brighton game, really. I mean, you know, Villa could have gone 1-0 down, 2-0 down. Whereas Villa could have gone 1-0 up, 2-0 up, which is what they did. Um... I think they were missing uh, Aston um, Crystal Palace were missing. Is it um, Joe Jim Anderson? Is it the, 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 yeah, their, yeah. their defender? Very very good defender. Yeah. Um, I've rate, you know, I rated massively, and I was very very glad. It was the first time I realised he was out. Was actually when the players were walking out, and I was over the moon that I saw James Tompkins <laughs> instead of him. Yeah, well, so that's what I was just about to say. Um, I bet the Crystal Palace fans didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Stephen Gerrard's done it again, and he's got another win. So you know, as an Aston Villa fan and, and as an Aston Villa player, that's what you want. It's a beautiful goal by John McGinn. Mm. Fantastic, um, superb strike. He's been uh, I watched a documentary about him the other night. I fell Super down a YouTube John rabbit again. hole. I fell to, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole, and I was watching a, a documentary about him. And he's Did got you two other brothers. Mom? Yeah. No, he's, he's, other... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's two other brothers, doesn't he? Um, and I, I, yes. didn't, I didn't know he had two brothers, and I didn't know yeah. they, they, yeah. they were both, both professionals. Both, so, um, both played at Sitman as well. He's a fantastic player um, and a fantastic finish from him. But yeah, the Villa go marching on, mate. And like I said last week, it, it'll just be interesting to see what Steven Gerrard does with him because at the moment, whatever, he, whatever it is he's doing, um, is is uh, is working, but I just like to say as well. What how good was it to see Gerard and Vieira on the sideline? Two yeah. of the you know two of the Premier League's greatest midfielders on I the sideline like managing in the Premier when League. I seen that. Brilliant! When I was like first getting into football, just <laughs> were two giants of the game. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they really are. In the mid two thousands, you know, when I when I was at school and stuff like that, like. Uh, there was, there was, they were like, who's better, you know, and, and amongst those sort of like central midfielders debates, you know, it's, ah, it was, it was insane to see them. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And what's even, what's even more impressive is the coaches they've actually turned out to be. Man, when I, I when I thought when when Pat when Patrick Vieira went to Crystal Palace, I thought that was a bit of a gamble. I kind of see them getting like a like a Roy Hodgson type manager in. Ahead of him, but the 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 appointment of Patrick Vieira is almost the signing of the season for me because he has just been absolutely wondrous. I mean, Steven Gerrard, who did it the hard way, obviously he, he went to went to Scotland and 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 you know toppled a, a very good Celtic side with a, a Rangers side that weren't really up to it at the time. Granted, he had to spend a lot of money, mm. a lot of money in Scotland. Not if it, if you go and buy Premier League standards, he spent you know <laughs> Fulham's <laughs> January budget, you know. <laughs> Years he was there, but like, yeah, that's that's a lot of money up here, and um, yeah, and it's it's he goes there uh, with uh, he goes there a title winner, uh, his first venture into Premier League. You know, it's a big club. I don't think he was going to get a better offer than Aston Villa. And I think if he was, if he wants that Liverpool job and he wants to sort of be the next man after the Klopp dynasty, as it's turning out to be, um, 
then yeah, he needs to do he needs to do these type of jobs, these sort of um, old. Well, if you think you think about all clubs. the, I think he said it on match of the day. You think about all the managers he's played under. Um, I mean, I mean, he must be some players. I think you can see some players are going to be good managers straight away. Like Stephen Gerrard went up to Rangers and he's top mm. of Celtic straight away. Mm. You know, sometimes you see players go into management and they flop straight away. But Stephen Gerrard seems like. Steven Gerrard seems like the type of fella to me that just takes everything in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. that coaching and all that all that coaching and all those team talks, it's like he's got a photographic photographic memory and he can kind of, you know, he, he kind of knows how to get him out get himself out of situations. Mm-hmm. He's you know, he's thinking back to when he was in that situation and he's thinking back to what the manager said and what they did and this, that and the other. And I think that that's the difference between, you know, these players that are going in, players who think they know, but players who actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, to be to be a manager, you've got to be a you've got to be a certain type of person. You can be the greatest player in the world, but if you don't know how to coach or or, or do, you know get respect and 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 things like that as a manager, then forget it. But mm-hmm. Stephen Gerrard has definitely got that tactical mind, and 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 he knows you know he knows football um, a bit like yeah. Patrick Vieira. You know, tactical mind knows the game inside out. <laughs> So I, if I was an Aston Villa fan, I'd be very, very excited. I really would. Definitely. And just, just that, sorry, just that into that point you said on Steven Gerrard, I think what he's done very well is surround himself with very good and very respected coaches as well. Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister, <laughs> Michael Beale, just to name the, the two main ones, if you like. But he seems that they've got a real good teamwork, teamwork ethic and what's going on between them three just seems to be uh, the perfect match. So hopefully long may it continue and hopefully he'll stay at Villa for a good while yet. A good while yet. And doing, if he gets a Liverpool job, then you know, job. you know he's done a good job. Exactly. Um, Craig, you mentioned a wee bit about these, these are the players when you watch play, they could probably make good managers. Referencing Stephen Gerrard and Patrick Vieira, I ask you: Is there anybody in the league? And I've already got mine in my head. Is there anybody playing in the league right now that you you could see being a successful manager? What throughout the whole Premier League? Yeah, anyone you want. Oh, um, blimey! Put Don't me say on the spot me, a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Put me on the spot there a bit. Um, I've got one that instantly came to mind. Go on, Billy. Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I think uh, Jordan Henderson. Mine was Connor Cody. I don't know if you've ever seen Connor yeah. Cody do like a post-match oh, yeah. and a yeah, pre-match. Yeah. That's a good He's shot, very, actually. very good. He actually talks yeah. like a manager already. I would That's say Arsenal, shot. probably Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney, I could maybe see. Kieran Tierney at Arsenal. Come on, man, yeah. Arsenal manager. Imagine that. I'll tell you yeah. what, you wouldn't want to go in there after you've had a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> I've, experienced, I've experienced the Scottish hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, yeah. yeah, quality result for, for Villa that. Moving on, um, Liverpool hosted Saints uh, at Anfield and it, it went very wrong um, for Rousa. Um, Southampton side, obviously, and in recent times, um, Southampton's had a, a decent result against Liverpool, but today, they, the, that day, they were they were absolutely outplayed. I thought we were absolutely superb front to back, um, looking at that world-class side. Um, you know, Billy, where, where do you put us? Where do you put Liverpool among that sort of Man City, Chelsea? If go off first eleven and take out the squad depth, do you do you, do you rank them top, second, third? What do you think? Number one for me. Yeah, just uh, that that just that sole eleven easily, easily number one in my opinion. Just just incredible football team. Big <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say two. 
do. Uh, yeah, I think Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that. At the moment, Chelsea, Liverpool are playing fantastic football, but Chelsea are just pipping it for me at the moment. Um, and I've been a massive admirer of Jurgen Klopp and the way that he's, you know, the way he plays football. I know, I know, I said it last week. Then my brother-in-law comes up. He's a Liverpool fan. We watch a lot of football together, so. I've watched a lot of Liverpool and, you know, a pleasure to watch. But at the moment, I shouldn't be saying this as an Arsenal fan, but at the moment, Chelsea are not so... We'll get onto the we'll get onto the Man United um, thing at the moment. But to, what Thomas Tuchel has done in there in such a space, such a short space of time is, you know, it's, just, it's absolutely amazing. Um, Jed, I think, called it about four or five weeks ago and said that, you know, Chelsea were going to win the league. And I actually disagreed and said it was going to be Liverpool. Mm. Um but now I'm firmly in Jed's corner, you know. I think Chelsea, Chelsea are definitely the team to beat. Um, I can't see them dropping many points um, along the rest of the way of the season. You know, the big games for them are obviously going to be Manchester City, the Liverpools, um, the 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 um, Arsenal, of course. Um, but uh, you know, the derbies and stuff like that are going to be big games for them, and I just can't see them. I, I can't see them dropping any points at home. So if they, you know, if you, if you can win your home games, you know, managers have always said it. You know, to me, growing up, you win your home games and get something, get something out your away games. You're going to be up there, or you, you're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, Chelsea, um, not because not be, not because I, I I don't like Liverpool. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just I I just think they're they're better than Liverpool at the moment. Um, in, in my opinion, I think it's I think it's close. I think still. With a first eleven, I think Liverpool's still the best in the world, but I'm obviously looking through red glasses in a minute. I mean, it's, a, mm. it's an incredible time to be enjoying watching Liverpool play, but that, you know, it's a, it's a whole Thiago on form all of a sudden. You know, it's Andy Robertson coming back and and, and having like playing out his skin, you know, even though there's a new left back at the club, you know, that's, that's putting in decent performances as well. And that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence because I've always thought that, we can't really match the depth at City and Chelsea. We just don't have those sort of like 50, 60 million pound players sitting on the bench. Mm. But now I kind of feel like we've got really capable players. We've got players that are good, that can play again when they're slotted in a, in a side, world-class players. They can play like world-class players. You're sort of like, you know, you're, you're Nicky Butts and you're Gary Neville's from those sort of dynasties. You know, like they're not, they're not particularly great players, but just in a system, you know, mm. they, 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 yeah. they can play and support these these world class talents and you know I still I still rate us in with a shout but this is the definitely the most exciting league um for the neutral for a for a wee while and it could it, it could really run to, to the end this one. We must have, I I don't think we should I mean don't rule out Manchester City they're kind of No you can never you can never you know, they're kind of creeping up there silently. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's kind of oh Chelsea Liverpool, Chelsea Liverpool. I think Guardiola would like likes that. Um, love that. Yeah, the, the fact that the, you know the spotlight's not on them and then people are not talking about them, it takes the pressure off if you want um, and puts the pressure on to Liverpool and Chelsea because everyone's talking about them. So I'm sure Pep loves the fact that you know that, that, that they're not getting talked about and that you know in the media a lot of people you know are, are agreeing that it's Chelsea and it's a two-horse race between Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, Do you know what it is, yeah. mate? It's everybody talks about the most sort of recent thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Liverpool had a, a, mm. a difficult season last season. Chelsea had a transition last season. Obviously, they changed managers and then went on to win a Champions League. So, with the, the sort of Liverpool have started well, Chelsea have started well, that's the sort of flavour of the month. Where Man City have been a powerhouse for mm. years now, years. 
and they'll continue to do that because they will just go out and buy and buy and buy until they get it right. And that's the thing, you're never going to... I don't think any team is really ever going to truly outrun Man City for any meaningful length of time. I don't see a team, even a Chelsea or a Liverpool, just getting two or three titles on a bounce with a, with this Man City in the league because they will just keep buying. They will buy that Jack Grealish for 100 million. They will go out and get that Harry Kane for 100 million if they need to. To, to catch you they'll you know do I mean? it they'll do it just to stop other teams from having them yeah <laughs> they will well basically yeah they've done a lot of that over the years I mean we were talking in the WhatsApp group well on the in the Twitter group last night I mean they've done it with Sanchez they've done mm-hmm. it with um, uh, oh no we're talking we're talking about um, I'm talking about Manchester United doing United. that um, <laughs> they did yeah. try and buy Sanchez though I thought that's what you were linking to they, they yeah, wanted to they, get Sanchez they, they just to Manchester United, Man United you know, for <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Manchester United have come in and robbed him. I mean, if Sanchez had gone to Manchester City, um, he'd had oh, a better time. He would have been, he would have been unbelievable. Yeah, he'd had a better time of it. He was oh, excellent God, at Arsenal. Yeah. He was absolutely excellent on that. that oh, he was, he was, he was our talisman without a doubt. You know, um, I mean, but when when you go and sign for Man United and you hear that three days later he's asking he wants to, to come back, back. <laughs> you know, I mean, to come back. Obviously, the, you know the pound notes. The pound notes were waved in front of him, and and that's mm-hmm. why he went. It's disappointing. But grass isn't always greener. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it never, never, even the, even in the swap deal, it never really worked out for Henrik Mkhitaryan. Arsenal never really probably went away. I thought it was going to at the start. I yeah, he was. was good, I think he had some good games in an Arsenal he shirt. He just couldn't get that sort of like ten assists, sort of like yeah. twelve assists that you would you'd expect yeah. him to get. You and then know, he got like, yeah, and then he just kind of went, oh, I don't know what happened with old Mickey, but um, yeah, I, I was really impressed with him when he first came, and I was thinking, oh, mm. God, we're all taking the Mick on Twitter, going, you can have him. Thanks for thanks for Mkhitaryan. You can have Sanchez. Mm. But I then, know, in true Arsenal, fa- in true Arsenal fashion, that kind of. Uh, that kind of blew up in our faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't. Want, I don't want to move on to this game without mentioning Southampton. Oh, they played the four, uh, the three four three against us, and and you know maybe maybe some charges could have dropped from, but they did they did struggle in this game. And again, it's not it's not a game to get the real measure of Southampton. No. Been better than this season than I thought they were going to be. They're actually yeah. having a fairly positive season. Um, but you know, I think we've got. But then again, the the Premier League's so strong this season. Yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous how it's strong difficult. it actually is, and they could very easily be dragged down if they're not careful. Mm, no. mm. It is a mad. It's a mad league. I mean, look at you know changing the subject. So Southampton were awful. Let's let's not you know let's not beat around the bush. No, they were. They just around yeah. that. Made it very very easy for Liverpool. Um, it could have been more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been more. It could have been more. But, I mean, what Billy says about this league being so strong, it, the Premier League has always been a mad league. I mean, you've got Watford beating Man United last week 4-1 and then they go to Leicester and get stuffed 4-2. Yeah. That's what I love about this league. Like, no one will give Arsenal a prayer going to Old Trafford, probably. You know, mm. Arsenal could turn around and hammer them. But then on the same, you know, in the same breath I say that, Man United could, could, could hammer Arsenal, you know. Aston Villa, Arsenal could be. You, you just don't. It's not. It's not a league anymore where you can predict the results because you just can't. You, no. you, you just cannot predict results anymore, um, unless you're predicting Liverpool, Manchester is in Chelsea's. I'd no, say no. Chelsea. I'd say Chelsea. <laughs> I'd say Chelsea let a few uh, let a few hackers down yesterday, but um, yeah, yeah. They could have. We'll, we'll speak about about the. I want to speak about the tactics deployed by um, Man United in this game and, and dropping Cristiano Ronaldo. But I want to go to. Um, they uh, they had first where uh, they they hosted West Ham, 
uh, and it was a closer game than than people might than people mm. might have thought. You know, um, granted the the uh, West Ham only got a got a goal back near the end of the game, a, a Lanzini sort of um, consolation goal, but. It's a great um, goal. <laughs> if you look at the the performances overall, you know Declan Rice still had a fairly positive game. Thomas Suchek still had an okay game, um, but you know it's just that Man City side is a machine, and they're just playing strikerless as well. You know Jesus was a was a full on sort of winger in this game. He wasn't through the middle, mm-hmm. sort of like this converted number nine that he that he is. I think he's very much accepted that you know that that front three of Mares, Sterling through the middle, sometimes Mares through the middle, sometimes Jesus, but that. The strike list sort of like, and it's just 11 midfielders, one of them is a goalkeeper, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, of, of Man City. It's just, um, when, they're, when they're playing teams that are just outside that top bracket, they just have so, so much success. Um, and I think Craig's right. I think you just, you can't write these guys off. You can't because, you know, they bring on a Fernandinho. <laughs> I'm sure like, he's not played much this season, but I'm sure any club, even at his, his older age, would be happy to have a player at a, a, you know, a, a CDM of that quality. You know, you'd still rate him up there. He could play for any club. You, you could. Know? And yeah. he, he, he Easily. Struggle to get you in get a side, you know? top five team anyway, didn't he? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And he plays regularly. Um, even at his, his older age. But, yeah, that's... I mean, is this a knock for West Ham? And the, the, the pursuit of the title? <laughs> <laughs> Billy, you want to go first? All right, then. Uh, for me, West Ham, they, they haven't had the greatest couple of weeks. However, you can still see that the performances are there. I think the biggest thing at the minute probably for West Ham is Antonio's not scoring. I don't think he's scored now. Struggled for, in this game. Yeah, for a few game weeks. Um, however, that will soon change. They have got a fairly difficult run coming up. However, the West Ham that we've we've seen over these last year and a half or so that won't phase them they'll get up and they'll they'll play like West Ham play at, uh, playing at the minute and I wouldn't be surprised if we see them go on a two three four five game run and then they they're back to the lesser difficult fixtures there's never an easy game in the Premier League but you know there's obviously they got this week much rather than play Norwich over a Man City this week, they've got Brighton. Who, Brighton, again, right. So not, a difficult one, but that was winnable. Game. That was winnable. You expect them to get at least a point for that, you know? For sure, yeah. And I, th- I, th- I think they will, to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of Brighton. I'm a big fan of um, Graham Potter. Graham Potter. Uh, but booed. I booed at the weekend. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Just mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, West Ham will be West Ham. And they'll get the three points there, I think. Yeah. Do you think it's a historical achievement if they get Champions League? Yes. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. David Moyes, firmly etched in the history books. If West Ham getting in the Champions League would be as mad as Leicester winning the league, wouldn't it? So, I mean, surely. Almost, yeah. Like... not far off. Do you know? And they're not far off it, absolutely. I mean, I started watching that game. Um, I can just imagine I it, you know. Watch like... it. I just couldn't watch it anymore because of the pitch. It was doing me head in, doing me eyes in. But... Um, <laughs> They were much, you know, West Ham are much improved sides. They're a much oh, yeah. improved side, and you can see, you you, you could see that. Um, I don't think Manchester City had to really break too much of a sweat to get past them, but the, the improvement with West Ham is good. I mean, it's a good, it was a, it was a good result for Manchester City. Um, you know, coming off the back of that um, win against Paris Saint Germain, obviously coming back from behind um, mm-hmm. midweek in the Champions League. That some people would have thought, you know, West Ham at home after that. 
is is is, is going to be a tough game. But like you said, like you said, Simo, Manchester City are just once they get into a groove, you've had it. Um, and you know, they, they, you, 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 as a fan, you're sitting in the stands. I mean, every time I watch Arsenal, Man City, you know, I'm just like, please don't concede before five minutes. Please don't concede mm-hmm. before because if if you let Manchester City in that early, forget it. Know, especially nowadays, they'll just destroy you. And even, uh, even scoring within five minutes is too. Yeah, <laughs> too, like, too early. Isn't too it? early. <laughs> you set them off now. You made them angry now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, well, exactly. I mean, look. At the end of the day, like I said, the cream always rises to the top, and it did. Manchester City, like yeah. I said, didn't really. I mean, two one. Seems that you know makes out the game was close, but I don't think it was. I think yeah, kind of flat, complete control. Yeah, complete control, and and it's a good win for them. It really is, especially after, like I said, I think it's a great win for them. That could have been a potential, a potential banana skin, you know, as people like to call it, um, especially after the Champions League week. But uh, yeah, like you know, Manchester City still there. Yeah, who knows, guys? It could be uh, West Ham hosting PSG next season. If all, if all goes to pardon to, to David Moyes' plans. Uh, we next go to the uh, the thigh rubber that turned out to be you know quite a poor match. <laughs> uh, there wasn't a lot of great football that's played in this match, but uh, Chelsea hosted Man United at the bridge uh, and could only get a point off the, uh, the, the newly Ollie Gunnerless Solskjaer-less side <laughs> as they await their new sort of an interim manager. Um, they lined up in a bit of a strange one, so it looked like a bit of a diamond to me. Um, although I, on paper it sort of lines up as a four-three-two, four-three-one-two, uh, and Jaden Sancho and and Rashford in for for um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Sancho had what people are saying is his best game in a Man United shirt. He got his goal, um, but you know, minus that error from Jorginho, I don't think Man United get anything from this game. No. Know? Um, what Jorginho is doing there, you just need to head that head that back from where it's come from. Why he's trying to control the ball there is is baffling. It's Jorginho. He's Italian. He doesn't he doesn't do like. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig, what were your thoughts in the match? Rubbish. Rubbish. It was rubbish. Awful. Awful. One of the worst games of football I've ever watched. I sat down last night, lit my stove, got an old beer out, put it, put it on. This is going to be a cracker. Chelsea are going to win this four or five nil. Man United are awful. How wrong was I? Gary Neville tweeted out, "I can see a difference in this side, and I can see the shape, and I can see the, um, I can see what he wants to do after a minute. Ten men, ten men at the back. Is that <laughs> is that what he wants? I have never seen a Manchester United team play ten behind the ball ever. And when you start seeing Man United teams playing like that." You know there's something wrong, and there's you know a lot of work to be done at Manchester United. When I you know when I was growing up, when the Premier League first came, Manchester United were always the dynamic team with their wingers and you know the the four four two formation. You know two quick wingers, two strikers, two two big midfielders. But I'm sitting here and I think to myself, I am watching Manchester United play ten behind the ball, and it was just a case of come on in. We're yeah, just, just sort of. It was the three defensive midfielders that did it for me. The, uh, yeah. the McTominay, the Matty, <laughs> yeah. just Fred, just like, chasing shadows. I mean, just to give about... a wee bit of, can I just give a wee bit of stats out for the listeners here? So yeah. 66% of the ball was Chelsea's. Chelsea um, took 24 shots to Manchester United, three, <laughs> three shots. So that's uh, that's the sort of... It sounds like a game of FIFA. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> it, 
Man United, extremely, extremely fortunate um, mm. to escape a pump in here. Um, and I think, you know, Timo Werner had a bit of a difficult one, but, you know, mind, you take away that error for Jorginho, no, and it's a 1-0, it's a, it's a easy done, zipped up nice and nice, and, mm. a, and a nice wee ball, uh, and, they, and they send Man United home crying, you know, and it's it's just Man I mean, how many times did the Chelsea goalkeeper actually touch the ball? Um, <laughs> you could count it on I one hand. I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, actually. So, Benjamin Day. Uh, let's see. Let's see his passes. He got an eighty percent pass succession. Let's see, and he, he he twenty passes in the entirety of the ninety minutes. Twenty passes in ninety. Twenty minutes. So ten <laughs> passes a half. So that means he's touched the ball sort of roughly every every five minutes or so. <laughs> the game. Just shy of every five minutes or so in a, in a ninety minute period. Um, five like so, almost five minutes of play going by every time Chelsea keep, and that'll be him just distributing and stuff like that. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. This, this crazy, is they, they, look, Man United went there for the draw. I thought they were going to nick it. People saying that Sancho was great and this that and the other. Like, was he? What? <laughs> other than, other than the goal, he did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. Brutally um, do you know, I, I, I was a bit, I was a bit, um, I was a bit shocked to see, you know, Lukaku not get on quicker than he did. Um, Okay, I mean, he could have caused all kinds of problems in that Manchester United defence, and he started causing problems straight away when he came on. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm a bit surprised that Tuchel didn't bring him on um, a bit earlier because you could see what Man United were doing. They were just going to, they were happy to sit there and wait for a mistake or wait for a counter attack. And you know, it, one came to fruition, they took it, they went one nil up. As soon as you know, as soon as Lukaku comes on, he causes a big problem. Um, he's, he's what I call a pain in the ass striker. You know, he might not be. You, he might not be, he might not have the silkiest of skills, but he can header a ball, he can hit a ball, and he can make an ass of himself, and he, he can cause problems, you know. Um, so I was a bit surprised at that, but I can't believe Manchester United came out of there with a draw. I, I really cannot believe they came so out of there with one all draw. So um, and I'm pretty happy actually because uh, Liverpool needed that, so it's kind of done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was a, it was um, an underwhelming fixture. This lads. Um, I wish it was better because we'd have something interesting to talk about at the end of the show. Mm. But it, ultimately, it was a disappointing fact. So you'd, you'd expect better from both these sides. Even Manchester United in their transitional phase, you'd expect. They've still got a lot of good players among that side. And it'll be interesting to see what their new setup, um, you know, brings from these players and whether, well, mainly whether Cristiano Ronaldo will be a part of that. Um, but that's going to do it for this week, boys. Thank you very much for joining me. You're Thank very you, welcome. Thank you, pleasure as always. Uh, thanks, for, thanks very much to the listeners for tuning in again. Uh, if you want to hear more detailed analysis about Aston Villa or Liverpool, you can listen to our podcast, Total Liverpool and Total Aston Villa, uh, or Total Villains. Um, until next time, cheerio bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.